Hey, you're on air with Ella, and today it's just me because it's a good, bad, and yummy. Let's go. Welcome. You're on air with Ella, where we share simple strategies and tips from people who are doing something better than we are. Whether it's wellness or relationships to just living better and with more energy or changing your mindset to accomplish more in your own life and succeeding however you define it. This is where we share the best of what we're learning from the experts and we're learning more every day. Live better, start now. Let's go. Hey, it's Ella. If you're new here, you need to know that there are over 300 interviews in the lineup, and today it's just me. So every once in a while, I'll throw a solo episode in, and sometimes we do something fun called Good, Bad, and Yummy, and that's where I share one thing I'm loving, one thing I'm not, and one super, super simple, easy, healthy recipe, and I don't cook. So it's fun. But today I have a special treat because for the yummy, I don't just have a recipe. I have a whole person (laughs) that I'm going to share with you. We're not cooking him. We are sharing him with you. And I'll timestamp this episode so you can see what we're talking about when. Okay, so here we go into our good, bad and yummy. Okay, wait, one of the reasons I love doing these is because I get to do like wildly unrelated topics. So that's today, our good, our bad, and our yummy. They are so wildly unrelated, but that's fine. Let's jump in. Okay, the good. I was talking with somebody recently, and I realized I have never shared this with you, but I have a way for you to save an enormous amount of money over the next, say, 15 years. And I've never shared this with you. So this good is for my homeowners, my mortgage holders, and it might even be anyone with some kind of long-term loan on which they're paying interest. I haven't looked into it enough to know if this applies to other big long-term loans, okay? So today I can confidently say I'm talking to those of you who have a mortgage, a home loan, okay? I know that sounds sexy. I know you're on the edge of your seat, but trust me, this is some good stuff and it's super super easy. So here we go. This is an extremely simple life hack that you can employ to improve your life today. You can do this today. You can put your phone down. You can put the podcast down and you can make a call or send an email today and save tens of thousands of dollars in the long run. Okay. And I only want 3%. My cut is 3%. I'm just kidding. Okay. How? By paying your mortgage, your home loan, bi-weekly, meaning twice a month, every two weeks instead of once a month. This is the same amount. You are not changing the amount. You are just splitting it in half and you're paying your home mortgage twice a month instead of once a month. Why? Couple reasons. It is primarily related to reducing the total interest that you pay and potentially paying off your loan faster. But honestly, the interest savings is enough. It is thousands of dollars. I'm going to give you a very simple overview of the advantages and a a, a numeric based example so you can compare the scenarios of paying your mortgage normally once a month, as you do, or taking that exact amount and splitting it in half. You can overpay if you want to, but that's not what we're talking about today. Splitting it in half and paying half of it at the beginning of the month and half of it halfway through the month or whatever scenario makes sense for you. All right. If you can do this and you have to ask your lender, not everybody does this, but I did it online by myself without even making a phone call, just so you know. I just switched my automatic payment to bi-weekly instead of once a month. 
It might take a little more effort than that, but you do need to check with your lender and make sure they do this, especially if you're outside of the US, okay? But here's the deal. By making biweekly payments, you effectively reduce the principal balance of your loan faster So you decrease the total interest that you pay over the life of the loan. And some people, side benefit, some people find it easier to budget when they can make smaller payments more frequently rather than one large monthly payment. But let's talk about the benefits using an example to illustrate the advantages of paying the mortgage twice a month instead of once a month. I am going to do very basic math. And so I'm using an interest rate of 5%, which I understand right now for new buyers is a pipe dream. Okay, I get that. (laughs) It'll come back. It'll come back down. But right now, just to keep the math simple, humor me and let's use an interest rate of 5% and a loan amount of $200,000. So we have a loan on our house. It's 200 grand. We have an annual interest rate of 5%. You don't have to do any math. I'm just sharing this with you to illustrate why this is such a simple, easy thing that I hope that each one of you with a home loan will look into and possibly save tens of thousands of dollars. All right, here's the deal. Normally, let's say you have a 30-year loan on that on that loan amount I just gave you, you have a 30-year loan, which is going to be 360 months of payments, right? And if you make monthly payments, again, you don't have to memorize these numbers. I did the math for you. But if you make monthly payments on this loan, your monthly payment would be approximately $1,073, okay? So you have a $200,000 loan, 5% on your house, 30 years, And each month, you're going to pay $1,073. Over 30 years, you would make 360 payments. That's 12 payments a year for 30 years. And the total interest, here's the important part, the total interest paid would be approximately $186,512. So let's just round up and say $187,000. That's just interest. That's just interest. If you switch to biweekly payments, and in this scenario now, remember, you're making a half of your monthly payment every two weeks. This means that you make 26 half payments in a year. That's equivalent to 13 full payments in a year. So yes, instead of 12 payments in a year, they're actually 13 because the way weeks versus months work out. And each half payment is approximately $537. Again, I'm rounding up. It's actually $536.82, but that is not important. (laughs) You just took that $1,073 and you cut it in half. And your monthly pay, your half payment is approximately $537. Again, you don't need to know these numbers. I'm building to something here. Stick with me. Over 30 years, same loan, same $200,000, same 5%, everything's the same. You just split your payment in half and you send in a check, right? Or you have it auto deducted, more likely, twice a month instead of once. Here's the point. The total interest paid in this scenario would be approximately 163,720. So let's round up and say $164,000. So do you remember what the first scenario was? Same payments, same amount, I mean. The total interest paid in the first scenario rounded up was $187,000 pure interest. When you split your monthly payment in half and simply send it in twice, Your total interest paid over the life of the loan plummets a whopping $22,791. Let's round up to $23,000. It plummets $23,000 to about $164,000. 
That's cool, right? By making biweekly payments instead of monthly payments at that 5% interest rate that we made up on that loan that we made up, you save approximately $23,000 in interest alone over the life of the loan, okay? Also, you do pay off your mortgage a little bit sooner in the biweekly scenario just because of the way the weeks work out versus months. That's it. That's all I wanted to tell you. You do need to check with your lender to understand, you know, the T's and C's, the terms and conditions of setting up biweekly payments. For me, again, it was totally free and I only needed to get the timing right. Like I just had to figure out how to pay the very first installment slightly earlier than I would have paid if it was a single payment. It's so worth asking. And if you are in the process where you might buy a home, then always, always, always ask your potential lender if they allow this and or if they penalize you for an early payoff, okay? All right, I hope that I just made somebody real cash money because I was using a mortgage of $200,000. If your mortgage is $300,000, you're saving so very much more and so on and so on. All right, now before I lose everybody, I'm telling you, (laughs) if this is not of interest to you or you don't hold a mortgage, send it to somebody who does. It is so worth asking about. But I do have one more PSA and you can skip this if this is not for you. But if you ever have a chunk of money and you want to use it to pay down your mortgage and generate more equity in your home, like if you inherited some money or you got a bonus and you decided like your mortgage is too high, it makes you uncomfortable and or you want to generate more equity in your home, whatever you do with that chunk of money, do not Do not simply make a large extra payment, even if you are 100% certain that they're applying it to the principal. I am not going to go into detail. This is not a financial planning podcast today, but please consider this PSA. If you're making a payment any larger than, say, a few thousand dollars, then contact your lender and tell them you want to initiate a loan recast, okay? You can save this. You can listen to it for when it's relevant to you. It's also all going to be detailed in the show notes. But here's the very, very quick USA Today version of this. Essentially, a loan recast allows you to maintain your current interest rate and mortgage terms. You're not changing. You're not refinancing, okay? You're maintaining all the same stuff except you're significantly reducing your monthly payments by applying that lump sum toward your principal balance. And then they recast the loan at the new balance. Same interest rate, same everything, except your monthly payments or your biweekly payments are now set against the new revised principal balance. So you get a reduction in your overall interest paid in t- over time, and it allows you to steadily build home equity, of course. So my understanding is that there is not a fixed universal amount or percentage that triggers a loan recast, and the requirements can and definitely will vary <laughs> among lenders. My general thinking is that any amount that exceeds, say, one and a half times your monthly payment, roundabouts, if you have $5,000 or more, all the way up to 50, wh- whatever, okay, any amount that exceeds like one extra monthly payment, it is worth calling your lender and saying, I want to do a mortgage recast. How much do you charge for that? There's usually a fee. But let's say you pay $200 and you lower your monthly payment by hundreds of dollars for the rest of the life of that loan. Just a PSA. (laughs) If you need any of this information, I'm going to put it all in the show notes for this episode at onairella.com. And I only take 3%. Okay, now that you all have a little extra money in your pocket, we need to talk about the bad. 
And I, you know, I have mixed feelings about the bad. I, 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 this show is not a negative show. This show is not a show about complaining. And at the same time, sometimes we just, we need to talk about the bad so that we can create more good. And today I, I need to talk to you. I need to talk to you about the degradation of society. And I don't know what is happening, but I am experiencing a trend that is getting worse. And I think that we need to band together and be the change that we want to see in the world. I am at what can only be described as an intersection of, of confusion and exasperation, where I'm, I'm compelled to discuss with absolutely no hyperbole <laughs> the deterioration of our collective civility. I feel that it's time that we unite and take action, okay? Here's what I'm talking about. I am talking about playing videos, TikToks, whatevs, and, and holding phone calls on speaker mode in the most public of spaces, listening to anything with the volume cranked up on your phone in public is, if you think about it, the grossest display of self-centeredness. Okay, what is going on? What is going on with people playing their phone and their videos and their TikToks and their phone calls on speaker? Like, what is actually happening? I was at a really nice restaurant recently in Miami, and it you know it was dinner time. It was lovely. Everybody was dressed nicely. It was warm. It was just absolutely fantastic. And there was like this beautiful, sophisticated looking, gorgeous couple having a straight up FaceTime call with their family at the dinner table. They had their iPad propped up on the table, right? And they are talking to their family. They're talking to the grandparents who are watching their kids. If you'd like to know their names, I can tell you. I can also tell you all of the issues that they're dealing with as a family because I was an unwilling witness to their entire conversation at this like fine dining establishment. I was I was agog. I was freshmeckled. What do you do? Has anyone flown on a plane recently? Because if you have, if you've been on an airplane recently, you you hear me, you feel me. I know you do. Right? Newsflash. By the way, I have the best idea. Play this part on speaker on your next flight. Okay. But here's the deal. If you are, and I'm not talking about you, I'm talking about the universal you. I know it's not you. I know it's not you. If you, if one is on an airplane and one is watching videos without headphones, or perhaps has a child and you're playing kid videos or those video games on the kid iPad thing, right? And there are like zings and pings and other like onomatopoeia happening there. <laughs> like, I love you as a human and I absolutely wish you the best, but there is a special place in hell for you. I'm sorry. <laughs> I say with absolutely no exaggeration that the deepest depths of torment will be a special corner of eternal punishment that involves an unending loop of TikToks and children's videos just ad infinitum forever and ever. <laughs> What is happening when you're on the train or you're in line for boarding a plane or you're on the plane, as I said, or you're in a restaurant and we're all just out here blasting whatever moves us? Like in all seriousness, what if we all did it? What would happen? Imagine a world where everyone's videos, their personal conversations, their YouTube rabbit holes merged into one like anarchic mashup, like there would be total chaos and the last few strands of the current fabric of society would absolutely unravel. 
Okay, so I actually looked into this and I learned that it's not just me. There's research behind why hearing other people's stuff is so much more disruptive than, say, hearing, you know, two people talking in public next to you. It's very, very different. Here are four fact-based reasons that I'm not just being a big baby about this, okay? Here's what science says. I asked science. I did my research. And this is what science says. Number one. It's an invasion of personal space that can activate your fight or flight response, okay? For me, 100% fight. (laughs) Okay, number two, it's a clear lack of respect for others. Like, that's just so, it's so clear. (laughs) It's so obvious. When you blast your phone's audio in public, you're basically saying, my whatever, my entertainment, is more important than your peace and quiet. It's more important than your sanity. To everyone and anyone who is around you, none of whom opted in to your experience. (laughs) Okay, the science also says that it, of course, disrupts real-world connections. I mean, in some cases, you're out with a friend having coffee or dinner or whatever, and someone else's phone blast invades your space, right? Like, it's truly disruptive to the real-world conversation or alone time that you're having. But here's the deal. These noises hit the ears and the brain differently. So when you're overhearing, for example, some stranger's cell phone conversation, your brain has to work a lot harder at what you're doing, and it interferes with your ability to focus on other things. Because overheard cell phone conversations are far more distracting and annoying than dialogue between two people nearby. Here's why. It hijacks our cognitive functions. It's a distraction that we can't do anything about and we can't get away from. If you only hear one person speaking, you're constantly trying to place that part of the conversation in context. Okay, so your brain is trying to fill in the blanks. So good luck focusing on whatever you're trying to do. Your brain is trying to fill in the blanks of the conversation that you're hearing half of. It's also apparently definitely a control thing. (laughs) When people are trapped next to a one-sided conversation, their angst rises in the same way that it does, apparently, in other situations where they're not free to leave, like waiting for a train or to board an airplane, etc. And then finally, I have to say science is confirming what we've all suspected, that playing your phone on speaker in public spaces where people are trapped into sharing your audio onslaught actually makes you a giant d*** or more politely, socially inconsiderate. (laughs) Yeah, look it up. Okay, so three tips. Like, what are we going to do about it? First of all, be the change that you wish to see in the phone-loving world. Use headphones in public spaces and be a beacon of good etiquette, right? Lead by example. But Two, if you need to make a call, which I also do on speaker most of the time, uh, step away from the crowd. Throw in some earbuds or just just do it later, right? I, in other words, I'm not holding that phone up to my ear and having phone conversations. I'm having phone conversations with earbuds on or on speaker, but I am not having that speakerphone conversation at a dinner table. I promise. I promise. Who's with me? Okay. Thirdly, keep your old headphones, even the cheap ones that airlines give you that totally do not work with any phone made in this century, all right? But keep them so that you can pull them out and kindly and politely and without judgment offer them to the socially ambivalent. Like, like, hi, I have an extra pair of headphones if you need them. Or, hey, do you have headphones? If not, I've got an extra pair. Something? I don't know. I really want to know what you do. First of all, do you agree with me? What do you do? I am super, super interested so we can cling together to the last vestitures of polite society, if that's cool with you, okay? Please let me know. All right, 
moving on to the yummy. Instead of a recipe, I told you, I have a whole person to share with you. It's a little bonus interview. I want to share a recent conversation that I had with Nutrarian Cook and the creator of Healthy Vegan Eating on Instagram and YouTube and complete and total recipe wizard, Javant. So for our yummy today, here is my conversation with Healthy Vegan Eating, Javant. Javant, hey, how are you? I am doing well, thank you. Javon, tell us who you are and what you do. Yeah, well, I'm just an ordinary guy. As I always tell people that it has a passion for health um, and nutrition. So passionate about it that when I talk to people about it, they would tell me that I should be talking to others because they enjoy it. And so I uh, took that to heart. And uh, eventually I started posting on social media. And my whole deal is that I make traditional meals, but I do it uh, vegan meals without oil, wheat, refined sugar, or rice. But I make everything from cookies and cakes to salads to hummus to you name it, burgers and pizza. I make it all. It's all vegan. It's all vegan. Yes. So many people miss, sorry, this sounds a bit like a criticism, but a lot of people miss the boat when it comes to classifying food as like, oh, I'm not vegan, so I'm not interested, or I'm not vegetarian, so I'm not interested. Like, if you want a way to up your nutrient density every day, then throw some vegan and vegetarian recipes into your life. This is not an or it's an and. And that is something I'm very passionate about, even though I don't eat meat. And I know that you don't either, Javon. I just think every single one of us benefits when we start talking about nutrient density and then eating more plants. I think you're 100% right. And I do want to also say that I have, I would think probably half of my followers, maybe more, are not vegan. I get messages every day to say, hey, I'm not vegan, but I love this recipe. I'm not vegan, but these cookies were good. I can't believe this tastes so good. So yeah, I mean, you know, it's something for everybody. And like you said, you can up your game and you don't have to commit to being vegan or vegetarian to do that. So yeah, I'm 100% with you. Well, take me back almost 20 years ago. What did life look like for you then? Life wasn't completely different, but my health was, unfortunately. And like so many people who follow the stay on American diet, you know, when I was young, it was blissful. Everything was fine. Youth has a way of kind of drowning out your, your mistakes and, and some things you might not know. But over time, the way I was eating, and brought up eating was leading to uh, pre-diabetes and pre-hypertension. And that's where I was. And they were running tests for some things that were more serious than that. And so that was my wake up call to say, whoa, I, I need to do something because uh, I'm mortal and I'm fearful that I won't be around much longer if I don't change something. I was about 90 pounds heavier than I am now. And so it was that was kind of the catalyst to me saying, OK, so what what can I do about this? And I just started researching and reading. And one thing led to another. I got to where I am now, which is eating the way that I do. Not just eating the way that you do, but you know, you're teaching. Mastery is when you can take everything you learned and teach it to somebody else. And that's what's so cool about your work and inspiring everybody else to be able to, as I say, not switch to becoming vegan, but add more nutrient density, add more plants to their day to day. But the other thing that you do, and you've already touched on this, Javon, is you use foods that people are accustomed to eating in a quote, non-healthy way, and you convert them. What are some of your heavy hitters that people just cannot believe they're eating something good for them? Well, by far, it would be my veggie ground, which is uh, um, a substitute for ground beef. And uh, that recipe is so popular day after day after day. And it's made with uh, mushrooms and carrots and cauliflower and onions and things that you would not believe would equate to this tastes like ground beef. 
But I'm telling you, I've had so many ladies in particular write me and say, you know what? Last night I made tacos. My husband had no idea that it was because he wouldn't eat it if I told him. He had no idea it was your veggie ground. And he asked for more and he loves it. I get that kind of a message over and over and over again. So that would be number one. Um, and then I make uh, some breads and some cakes that people are like, my gosh, this is like so good. And it's without the refined weed and the sugar, you know. So there are, there are a lot of things that people are surprised that, um, you know, they could be made in the way that I make them. Javon, can you tell me, let's start with protein, because you got you guys can't see Javon. You will when you go see him on his pages, but he is fit. Okay, so he is not suffering from a lack of protein at all. And I think that really needs to be said, because a lot of people think the vegan community is just like this airy, fairy, skinny minis (laughs) floating around the universe. And you've got some muscle on you. What are your favorite sources of protein? Yeah, and I'm glad you're bringing this up. I, I I agree there are some things that maybe should be considered a supplement. Protein is not one of them. In fact, studies say that if you eat a diverse vegan diet and you eat enough calories, depending on your weight and your you know your sex and stuff, but if you're getting enough calories eating a diverse uh, variety of, of plants, it's hard not to get enough protein. But the point is that if you're eating a lot of diverse things, you're getting a little protein here, a little protein there. And then you want to deliberately eat things like lentils and beans and quinoa and broccoli and even green veggies have a lot of protein. Um, If you eat tofu, you can do that. If you don't eat tofu, I made something I call nofu, which is made from mung beans instead of soybeans. The point is, if you're if you're eating a, a diverse amount of plants and you are deliberately including things that are high in protein, your beans, your lentils, your quinoa, you'll have no problem getting enough protein. I do want to add one caveat. As you get older, um, we lose the ability, a lot of us, to assimilate certain nutrients. And protein uh, is something that when you get older, you have to really be on top of. And honestly, a small percentage of people might need to add in some animal products to get adequate protein when they get older. But it's a small percentage of people that would have to do that. But you do want to be very deliberate and very aware and mindful to get enough protein as you age. We all do. If we went and tried one recipe from you today, (laughs) what would you recommend? Uh, Are we we going on taste? Are we going on? uh... Listen, my listeners aren't as lazy as I am. So let's go with the absolute (laughs) most delicious. What's your favorite thing in the world to make or eat? Gosh, that's always a tough one. I mean, and I I might give a different answer every time I get asked that. That's allowed. (laughs) one One thing that I made that I really, really love, that I had never had before. I, admittedly, I never had it before. And someone said, hey, I want you to make more Indian type food. So I looked into it and I said, let me make, let me try these things called samosas. And I made some samosas and I made a dip with them. Oh my God, I, I, I'm telling you, so good, so good. I mean, I love, love, love them. So that would probably be a little more, because I make the, my crust for it. I make the filling. I make it all from scratch. And so there's a few steps in there, but well worth it. So good. And carrot cake. People love my carrot cake. It's on YouTube. Um, love the carrot cake. So so those are two. But what I want to say, Ella, is here's the thing. You, I don't need to tell you. I don't need to tell you what it is because I'm telling you whatever your favorite food is, I bet you I have a version of it. And you'll love it. And you don't have to eat, you don't have to have the oil, not have to eat refined sugar, the things that so whatever you whatever is your favorite food, you'll probably find it on my page. You don't need me telling you what to do. Javon, you are on Instagram and you're killing it on YouTube and you can be found at Healthy Vegan Eating. Did I get it right? That's correct. That's correct. On Instagram and YouTube at Healthy Vegan Eating. That's correct. All right. Well, I'll keep watching. I'll keep getting inspired. And thank you for everything that you do. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. It was great. Thank you so much. 
Okay, that's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed today's show and got something out of it that you can use. If you did and you want to learn more, find me on Instagram at onairwithella or get the show notes and links at onairella.com. There's no with. It's just onairella.com. Thanks for listening. Thank you for sharing the show. And thanks for inspiring me. You are quite simply awesome.